Amen. Um, well, we are here already at almost on the last day of the month of March. Uh, today is March 30th. Come on, somebody. Tomorrow is March 31st. And Friday, Friday will be Mar uh, actually, um, uh, tomorrow will actually be, uh, I mean, Friday will actually be April Fool's Day. Come on, somebody. April Fool's Day. So um, with that real quick, amen, we are going to start our midweek service tonight and uh, get really quickly into the Word of God, and um, uh, we'll share a little bit of something, amen, tonight uh, that the Lord has been given on to us, amen, uh, for this, amen. And so... Uh, <clears throat> If you're going to listen to this through the podcast, amen, uh, you'll be listening to podcast number 35, Spotify activating, activating. I know we've had this name uh, remanating, amen, in our ministry and in our mouths and our spirits and our hearts. And so activating, amen, activating faith, activating hope, activating peace, activating eternity, anointing God's spirit, amen, salvation, grace and mercy and all these other things, amen. Uh, like I said, amen, if you get a phone and it's got uh, unlimited data and it's got uh, unlimited phone calls, text messages uh, and uh, instant messages and, and even pays you back a dollar every time uh, you use a gigabyte of or, or you use a, a single minute of data or every phone call you get a dollar, so forth and so on. Uh, it would not matter with all those benefits, without all with with all those uh, 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 features and so forth and so much, amen, if you do not activate the phone, if you do not activate the phone, you will have no use or no uh, benefit from those features, amen, and so that's where we get the word activate from uh, that helps us, amen, to understand what we're doing uh, in the kingdom, amen, and I believe that we can help people lead people and be example uh, to other people, even to ourselves, amen, to uh, example, amen, the activation of God's grace, mercy, and love into our own lives, amen. You and I, amen, could more than likely and hopefully help someone else, amen, come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Come on, somebody. And so uh, with that, amen, we come before the presence of the Lord. And uh, we quickly get into this message, amen, tonight. Now, it is always seeming that lately we are just having problems, problems with uh, connecting, man. I don't know what it is, amen. The meeting is being recorded by somebody else. Got it. Uh, I am going to stay a host. And uh, with that, I'm going to mute myself so that there's no interference and take my video off so that we could be looking at one screen. Uh, can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm excited tonight. Amen. Uh, I will tell you this. Amen. I am exhausted. Amen. I, I It's only the midday of the week. Amen. And I am still booked. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we're just going to roll this right over into Sunday, and then Monday, we start all over again. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, uh, we'll be out 
uh, in the mountains, amen. Uh, and uh, of course, next week is a celebratorial time for myself as it'll be my birthday, amen. And so uh, we're going to be out there, amen, fellowshipping it uh, by the lake and so forth and so on, starting on Monday. So I've been going since uh, Sunday, amen. And so thank you, Jesus, amen. Uh, we'll get rest, amen, and uh, be able to recuperate, amen, in the name of the Lord. I do, however, want to start, amen, this message out tonight, amen, to our church members. Um, please keep uh, the Silva family in prayer in, in the city of Pomona. Uh, keep Brother Jonathan in prayer, amen, as they have uh, lost their uh, younger brother. Brother Jonathan's uh, uh, first uh, younger brother, amen, was um, involved, amen, in uh, a murder, amen, and he was murdered, amen, and uh, is gone on to be with the Lord. And so we are just uh, devastated by this, amen. I've uh, gotten to know his brother, amen, um, and uh, actually met him uh, way before I even knew Brother Jonathan on the streets in Pomona and so forth and so on. But uh, amen, uh, he's now resting in the peace of the Lord. Uh, this is not the way that we ever desire it to happen or for him to find the Lord or find salvation, amen. But uh, unfortunately, he is no longer with us, amen. And so just keep them uh, right now, they are still trying to work through uh, some of the initial processes of that. And so I'm not going to say his name or anything like that. I'm going to leave that up to them. But as a church, amen, as we've been learning in our four-part series, amen, uh, the church is the body, the church is the temple, the mystery of the word of God, or the mystery of the church, amen. And so with that, amen, we just want to lift them up in prayer. And I'm going to pray that if you will mind, don't mind that with me today for this podcast 35 and if you're on YouTube, it'll be on our activating page um, on YouTube. Father, we just come before you right now, God, and we lift up, uh, God, the Silva family. And uh, we, um, I'm so grateful, God, to be able to meet his sister, Brother Jonathan's sister, uh, his mom, amen, this afternoon. And uh, we lift up, God, uh, all of them, plus the youngest brother uh, that has survived, amen. And uh, we lift up Brother Jonathan. Uh, for his passion, amen, to uh, not only receive salvation through Jesus Christ for himself, but for his marriage and for his children, but to be a warrior, God, to be a warrior, God, to uh, believe and pray for his two younger brothers, God, that uh, they would uh, come to know you, Jesus, and be able to have a, a life, amen, as he's begin, Brother Jonathan's begin uh, to experience, amen, for his marriage and his own uh, family, amen, his immediate family, his children and his wife. But God, we pray for that whole family, God. We pray, God, for everyone uh, that is affected by this, God. Uh, we know that our, our as our ancestors get older and older, it's harder and harder to break uh, these types of news to them. So we pray for the grandmother, the great-grandmother, God. Uh, we pray, God, that you would just uh, ready her heart and her soul and her spirit, God. Uh, mom there, God, will you just please, God, give her the peace that surpasses all understanding, God, that she, uh, as she navigates through this, God, that she uh, will just experience your tender, loving care and your embracement, God, of mercy and grace. That Brother Jonathan, during this time, God, would be the man of God that you have been, uh, God, discipling, that you have been uh, working on, God, that you have been molding and guiding, God, that he could be there for his sisters, God, that he'd be there for his brothers. And so, Father, and his family, God, and we pray for little Robert, God, uh, as I've had him, God, for the last couple of days, God, and that you would just allow him, God, to navigate through this. And 
and allow father god just your your peace and your mercy to be upon them as a family and us as a church that we can help god and 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 support them god in any way that we can so we move forward god with this but we let we rest it in your hands and your love and your mercy and your and your grace god as we come before you tonight in jesus name amen never amen um an easy thing to deal with in each and every one of our lives amen i'm taken back by that amen because i've been just believing with brother jonathan for uh that huge huge miraculous breakthrough but we know god has his way amen uh to um get in us home with them and so we leave that we pray for the police department the fire department and all the investigators and everything else that uh, that it will come to surface amen what is behind all of that that is entailed in there amen with that amen lord um church we we come together in this podcast this church service on wednesday and we look at uh our series amen tonight in the area amen uh as we've been looking amen at these parts amen the body the temple a mystery and now today the church the church uh as the new man and we know that amen that when we are separated with the body amen we're in presence with the lord amen and with that we do understand that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus but that in that moment we are now in the new creation of righteousness amen and in that righteousness amen there's no pain there's no suffering there's no struggle amen there's no hindrance there's no uh, setbacks amen because we're now uh, in the presence of the living god and jesus christ our lord and savior and as we're going to beginning to uh with a couple of more uh this uh, next sunday and then next wednesday a week from today we'll be done with this series and then we'll get into the most glorious understanding that we have amen with amen um the 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 announcements and the celebration of the resurrection of our lord and savior jesus christ amen and that which brings this hope why can we pray for hope amen because we have this resurrection or the risen lord amen that defeated death and gives you and i amen the inheritance to eternal life another thing amen i want to pray for sister penny amen because uh we're believing amen continually for her health amen and uh and and so she's had these uh, issues beginning to manifest amen so we pray amen that the doctors amen get a handle on that 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 God will uh, relieve the pain that she's encountering right now we also know amen uh, that um in less than a week amen on monday or tuesday amen or actually monday she'll be flying out to texas amen uh, to be there with family so we're praying for her as well excuse me and everyone else amen in the church because um that's what we do amen we're praying amen for one another so today amen in part 4 amen the church we're going to look at amen the area uh as the uh, as a new man amen and so we're going to look at and we're going to read through amen a portion of scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 beginning in verse 1 Ephesians chapter 4 beginning in verse 4 and i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you to walk worthy i'll say that again to walk worthy now i want to just stop that real quick walk because it's wednesday and we can break it down and we can have a little discussion on this amen but walk yes we get saved and we've been talking about this amen we get saved uh, by grace without works amen 
We are saved as a free gift from God. Amen. But that's one point. Amen. In all our experience here on this earth with our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our creator, God Almighty, and our comforter, our conviction uh, 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 that uh, we have been given. Amen. Uh, via the Holy Spirit. Amen. So uh, with that, amen, we come and we see this. Amen. That is a free gift. There's nothing you can do to earn it. But the Bible does teach us we are to walk. We are to function. We are to have an active life and a reactive life, an outcome, amen, of the grace and mercy that we get from God out of freeness without cost. And so Paul begins this, amen, to the church of Ephesus, and he says, I beseech you to walk worthy. So there, that word worthy, uh, not just to walk, but walk worthy of the calling. And so when God, and I, when God saved you and I, amen, he gave us a calling. And that calling, amen, was into redemption. That calling was into deliverance and, and, and to being set free. To, uh, it is a calling into healing, amen. We, 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 we know that God gives us, amen, the power of healing and, and the outcome of healing. And so with that, amen, we are to walk in the trust and the belief and the hope and the faith that we're going to be healed. Now, I've always taught this, amen. There are different forms of healing. There is that what we call the temporary healing. Meaning, amen, uh, you, uh, you have an injury at one part of your body, amen, and then uh, it goes away, and then all of a sudden it triggers again, or it's re-injured, amen, so uh, you're not immune, amen, to injury in that area, and, and, and even more so when you injure one area, especially in the sprain, where, you know, like an ankle or a wrist or something like that, that really never has the full potential of, or the, the adequacy, amen, of complete healing amen so they'll always have a weakness because it's it's always being used and so forth and so on that's why sometimes they say you know a fracture is worse than a broken bone because a fracture uh uh really never broke and so really has a difficulty uh healing a uh, strong when you have a break amen they can put pins in there and do everything else and and then it has a a, a better way uh, a better chance of healing completely and stronger amen so when we think about this amen we have temporary healing and then we have, amen, uh, complete healing, amen. Uh, so when we think about this, we're talking about the area where uh, when we have healing and complete healing, in other words, there is a place, amen, that we uh, injured ourselves and no longer experience that healing ever again. However, we can now, amen, be in, uh, in, in, inflicted with another sickness. So I can be healed uh, from cancer, but then I could have high blood pressure and pass away with the stroke, and I've been inflicted with that uh, sickness, amen, and then we call, amen, eternal healing, now I want you to understand that, how we get to the eternal, because there's areas of our body that we need healing, we need mental healing, there's things in our minds that we need healing from, amen, we need emotional healing, amen, uh, things that have gone on, amen, that have inflicted us in our emotions, meaning our feelings or our hearts, amen. Uh, so we have mental healing. We have emotional healing. And then we go into this place where we need physical healing, which I just gave you. There's, there's three categories of healing. There's that temporary healing, and then there's that complete healing, amen. And then the last one, as we go from mental healing, emotional healing, physical healing, we then go into spiritual healing many times amen we have been uh afflicted amen we've been uh, uh offended or we've experienced things 
uh, that we maybe should not have ever experienced, amen, in our walk with our faith with God, or even via the church, amen, uh, which we uh, deem, amen, many times church hurts. And so uh, at those times, amen, we go through those moments where we need spiritual healing, amen. And with that, amen, we look at the category of eternal uh, healing. In other words, amen, uh, I could be uh, busted in my wrist. I could be dealing with cancer. Uh, I could be dealing at the same time with uh, high blood pressure. Uh, I could be uh, discarded from the church. In other words, amen, you're, you're just a, a, bag, a, bag, a bag of needs, amen. If it ain't your wrist, it's your heart. If it's not your heart or high blood pressure, now you got cancer, man. My God, what else is going to go next, amen? You're going to start having uh, leprosy and your skin's going to fall up, you know? And so sometimes we bother people when we have all these needs, amen? And so that could be an affliction spiritually when the, I need the church, the church is not there. And so the reality is that when we experience eternal healing, all those things will no longer exist. And so I share this a lot of times when people ask, amen, I say, you know, my wife, amen, uh, she had one stroke uh, and then a month goes by. She has three strokes on the same day. Uh, she's in uh, ICU life support uh, for a little over 45 days. She comes out and then she spends a whole year of physical healing, amen. Uh, some of the first things were emotional healings. She had to realize, amen, the physical things that she normally used to do, she could no longer do until she recovered. Uh, there was a mental healing, amen, uh, where there are many times that whether it was just her and I and saying, I'm not, I'm not beautiful no more, or you don't love me no more, you're not attracted to me, uh, these things, amen, because I was her nurse, amen, so I would sit with her and I would explain to her, hey, listen, I'm looking at you as my wife, but I'm looking at you in pure eyes, amen, I, I treat you, I serve you, I, I care for you, not in a sexual way, but I care and treat and serve you, amen, in a caring way, amen, a nurturing way as your husband to serve you until death do his part. And so there was a lot of times that it was a, a, a mental healing. Amen. And so, so you really do love me. Yes, I do. And I still think you're sexy, even when you're kicking that walker away. Amen. I, and she started laughing. I said, then I ever tell you, amen, I'm going to be attracted to you and, and flirting with you and freaking on you. Amen. Uh, even when we're 80, 90 years old and we're, we're bumping, you know, walkers. Amen. And so she would be reminded of that. And so God began to heal her mentally. And so in that, amen, we go a whole year and God just gave us a, 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 an enormously blessed year, amen, uh, with that recovery. And then she received her glorious and grand healing, which was eternal healing, amen. And that eternal healing meant, amen, uh, she's dancing on streets of gold, amen. She's running through the gardens uh, 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 right there in, in, in the heavenly place of eternity and so forth and so on, amen. And so with that, amen, we must understand that there's places in our lives, amen, that we are walking towards a call, uh, uh, according, amen, to that calling in which uh, Christ called you and I, amen. Verse 2 says, amen, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another, one another in love. Verse 3, enduring, uh, endeavoring, amen, to keep the unity. That's a key word. Because this portion of scripture is dealing with church, uh, a unity. So the church as a body, the church as a temple, the church as a mystery, and now today the church as a new creation or a new person or a new individual. Amen. Because when you think about this, with all lowliness, with gentleness, with long suffering, with bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And it says, therefore, in verse four, there is one body, one spirit, 
just as you were called in one hope of your calling. And verse 5 says, Amen, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. One body, one spirit, one God. Amen. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all. Amen. Who is through all, and is in you all. Amen. And so when we think about that, amen, we become, amen, to this understanding about the unity of the spirit, amen. The spiritual unity was so much a part of the life and the teaching of the early church that the apostle Paul, amen, assumed that the presence of such unity, as in this passage, that he instructed us to do everything possible to keep and preserve the unity of the spirit. Can you say amen? Uh, verse 7 goes on to say amen. But to each one of us was given grace, was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Amen. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And so uh, going through this portion of the next scripture is very key. Amen. This is the uh, Ephesians 4.12 model, 4.12 model. There's something more than just receiving the free gift of grace and the mercy that comes along with the grace in, in in our understanding as salvation there's also mercy but there's something that's supposed to be the outcome of that free gift and it says in verse 9 now he as he ascended amen what does it mean but that he first first descended into the lower parts of the earth he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fulfill all things and verse 11, and he gave himself, uh, uh, and, he, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping, and that's a key word, equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. There goes that word again, works of the ministry. And so I, when I talked about this, about the church being a temple and started off in the church being one body. Amen. We get into that understanding. It is a free gift. Grace is free. It's not by works that you're saved. No, it's not by works that you're saved. But it is by works that you prove your salvation. And I want to be very careful with that because I will stand on that. You're not saved by grace. I mean, you're, you're saved by grace, but not by works. In other words, and works can't save you. No, but works are the outcome of your salvation. Come on, somebody. In other words, you get married, and typically, I know there's some families that do not want to have children, and, and that's on to them, amen, and their decisions as a couple, but normally, amen, you get married, and you get together, and the outcome of that marriage is a, have, a happily ever after, a house with a white picket fence and a little cat and a dog, amen, and as well, children, amen. In other words, you get a job, and there's an outcome of your work in job. Uh, that job came to you, you didn't buy that job. That job came to you free and you go and get the job, but you work. And out of the outcome of that employment, you have an outcome of your labor. And that outcome of that labor is a paycheck. Come on, somebody. Same thing with our salvation in Jesus Christ. We get saved and there's an outcome. There is the work of the ministry, the work in unity, the work in the labor of one another. And we've been looking at this walk worthy of the calling that you were called in, amen, and work to keep the unity of peace. That's what we just read through, amen. And now we look at this, amen, as the Bible says, amen, and 
that God himself or Jesus himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastor teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That work is not self-benefit, self-inducing, amen. It is to benefit and bless others. Now, there is a maturity level, amen, in this because the church is a new man and it's built by new people, people that have been saved, people that have been transformed and delivered. That's the revival of the church. That's the structure of the church, amen. And we talked about this last week, amen, when he begins to look, or the temple two weeks ago, or two services ago, when he talked about that a, a contractor will normally use try to use the best material. God uses the worst material. Uh, the, the contractor, amen, doesn't want to use shoddy material, material that's flawed and, and has uh, blemishes on it. God uses flawed material and, and, and material that is blemished, like you and I. We're sinned. We were sinners by nature, saved by grace, and is covered by his mercy. And today he uses us as his body for his church. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come, in verse 13, to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Amen. To the perfect man, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statutes, amen, or the statute of the fullness of Christ. I love that word. To a perfect man so let's go back amen to that verse amen 13 until we all come into the unity of the flesh and of the knowledge of the son of god to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ verse 14 that we should no longer turn around tell somebody no longer turn around tell them no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine but by, uh, by uh, every wind of doctrine, by the trickery, by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. There's a plan going on to sift you. Uh, this is what's told to Peter. Amen. There's a plan. And I tell to you, there's a plan to take you out of God's will, to take you out of God's kingdom. And so that's what uh, Paul begins to teach. He carried around with everything that's going on. Woo, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to pick on it, but, you know, woo, you know, we're on Zoom today. Woo, you know, social media. Look at all the people that are watching us. By every wind, there's nothing more gratifying than when we honor and we follow the word of God. And the Bible says that we are to come together in unity, to come together in fellowship. The ecclesia, look up that word, that biblical word, ecclesia, amen, and understand the biblical understanding and definition of the ecclesia it is not amen thinking about each other it's not referencing about each other it is about the body coming together to effective uh, effectively in, encourage change uh, in, encourage uh, impact and uh, in, 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 in ignite love and understanding to exhort one another to edify one another and that can only be done when we come together i would have hated to have uh, uh, been married to my wife, Claudia, for 24 years and only been a relationship over Zoom or hated, I uh, would have hated, amen, to have spent any time, amen, uh, trying to have emotional and intimate uh, uh, experiences by hugging my phone, uh, you know, hugging, amen, the screen and so forth and so on. How do we expect to experience the same with God, amen? And so, yes, Jesus isn't here but you are here. 
and the G and the Lord that we serve, the Lord that saved, died for us and gave us salvation. Amen. He says, as much as you do it to one another, you do it to me. So we see the continuance. Amen. We also see in Matthew chapter 14 and 15, when it came to the disciples uh, trying to brush people off to go think and feed for themselves, Jesus said, no, you bring them here, sit them down and you serve them. Jesus is about interaction and interrelationship. Amen. In other words, experience in the physical realm. It's not something that is supposed to be done at a distance. Uh, there's times and seasons why we do, amen, but it's not in the, uh, how do you say, in the substitution of or in the absence of. In other words, we're not to just go to that realm of, uh, of non-interactive ecclesia fellowship together as the body of Christ, amen. So the body, when, when the Bible says, amen, we are perfect, amen, a perfect man to the measure of the fullness of Christ. And we see this, amen, that the, the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. When we think about this, amen, even when we can look back now to 2020, we can see that the plotting was going forward. And today our churches have been impacted by the shutting down of worship service, by the shutting down of the church services. And then only to be found, amen, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a year later, two, almost two years later, amen, or a year and a half later, to only be found, amen, that it was unconstitutional, that, that our God-given rights, our, 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 our rights to live and to exist, amen, were violated by the trickery, the deceitfulness, and the plotting to try to control a spread of a disease. And I understand that, but not at the cost of who God is. God is the God and the president of the church. God is the savior and the king of the church, not the president, not a government. Come on, somebody, not even me. And so we follow that. So we have to be careful, amen, that we no longer be like children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Oh, it, it, you know, Christians, if you love God and you love others, then shut down your churches, uh, church services so that people don't die because of COVID. I didn't bring COVID in there. I'm not the instigator of COVID. I'm not the, you know, I'm not the, 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 the author of COVID. Why is it my fault that somebody dies of COVID? Now, I understand that you can look at it and you can say, hey, man, you come in, you're gathered together and you're spreading a super spreader disease. Listen, Jesus said, bring those that are sick into the house of the living God, lay hands on them with the elders of the church, and they shall be healed. What category of that healing? We must be ready for, amen, temporary healing, complete healing, and eternal healing, and so forth and so on. There's a reason why I shared that with you, beloved. And so now the Bible goes on to say in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ, amen. And verse 16 says, for whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies according, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Working, every part does its share. You and I have a part to share, and there's a share that we must own up to and be responsible for. By the effective working, by every part that does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Therefore, verse 17, therefore, and, and, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk, uh, Amen. As the rest of the Gentiles, amen, and uh, in the futility 
trying to reduce this. Give me one second. And, and the fertility, amen, of their mind, amen. So let me back up this. Verse 17. Give me a second. I'm trying to. I'm having problems here with my computer. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, testify in the Lord that you no longer walk according to the rest of the Gentiles walk, amen, in the fertility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, in verse 18, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Eyes, blindness of eyes, blindness of hearts, you see through your heart. Come on, your, eye, your heart sees through your eyes. Blindness of their heart, verse 19, be, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him, in verse 21, and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus Christ, amen. Verse 22, that you put, excuse me, put off concerning your former conduct, that you put off the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt, According to the deceitful or the deceitful lust. And in verse 23, it says, and be renewed, be new and be renewed, amen, in the spirit of your mind. It opens up with the fertility of the mind, walking like the Gentiles. No longer do that. No longer walk like that. And it talks about by the fertility of their mind. To, right now in verse uh, 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 23, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is the church. When all these things can take place, amen, that we testify to the Lord that we should no longer walk uh, as the world walks or as the Gentile walks, and referencing, amen, as the sinner walked, as I used to walk, amen. I no longer walk like that, and I testify about that, amen. And as I testify about that, amen, it is through the power of the testimony that gives all the glory to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And in that, amen, we know that we are no longer to be uh, walk like the Gentiles in the fertility of their mind, having this understanding darkness, uh, darkened, amen, and alienated from God uh, because of the ignorance in them and the blindness of their hearts, amen, being past that feeling that uh, uh, was given, amen, to themselves over to lewdness. When we're blind, we give ourselves over to these ungodly, ugly, unclean, filthy, fleshful, deceitful, lewdness things that we would no, 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 normally not want to be involved in. Amen. And so that's our former life. Amen. That's our formal time. And so there's the free gift. It, salvation comes to you and I. But there is an outcome, response outcome from that salvation. Verse 22, that you put off, that you put off. Jesus ain't going to take it off. Uh, your, your mama's not going to take it off. Your daddy's not going to take it off. Amen. Your pastor's not going to take it off. Come on, somebody. And so you, you must put it off. And it doesn't even take it off. Amen. It says put it off. Amen. In other words, take that because it's going to be a nature, a natural thing in us. Amen. The desire to drink, the desire to smoke, the desire to sin will always be within you. Uh, when we get saved, this just doesn't go away. Amen. But that desire that's in us, we put that off. Amen. In other words, let me just give you this, maybe hopefully this little uh, illustration of that. When you put off your homework, amen, means that you do not do it right now. And normally, if you put off your homework, uh, uh, amen, you're not going to get the work done. And then you're going to start 
getting bad grades in your class. Can I get an amen? For all our youth, amen. Can I get an amen? Come on. And so when the reality is you got to put that off, amen. Many times we'll say, amen, oh my gosh, uh, this got out of hand because I kept putting it off. Whether it be your health, whether it be a bill, whether it be a situation, amen. May it be your chores or how about your laundry? Come on, somebody. You buy enough clothes, amen, so you can get by for a couple of weeks. But you try to say, I'm going to try to do laundry every few days or once a week. But you have enough for a whole month. And so what happens? You put it off. You put it off and you keep putting it off. And the laundry does not get done. In other words, when you and I, amen, put off our formal ways and our, our, our formal uh, conduct, we put it off. We will normally not do those things. Some of us are just waiting around for God to take it off. And he's not going to take it off. He's waiting for you to grow up. Come on, somebody, to mature up. Come on. Hello, somebody. Am I preaching to anybody, teaching anybody right now? He's waiting for you to grow up, to go up, amen, to get up. Come on. And to put it off concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Every time you battle with temptation and battle with lust, amen, it is deceitful. It ain't what you think it is. Come on, somebody. Hello, somebody. And then it says in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you, that you put on the new man. Not take it on, but put it on. Put it off the old and put on the new. Amen. So it's an action. It's a, a responsive action from salvation into growth as a child of God, now into a man or a woman of God, that we put off the old former things and we put on the new things that's in front of us. So don't ever believe the lie, amen, for those around you, amen, that try to tell you it's okay to be the way you used to be. It'll take time. My God, if I, if, if I could ever get that across to any believer and even non-believer, amen, or even every Christian that it does not have to take time, what does that mean? Jesus can heal instantly. Jesus can deliver instantly. You could put it off right now. I know if you're smoking a cigarette, you can put that cigarette down, put it off, and never pick it up again. And you can be a drinker, amen, and you're struggling with alcohol, amen. You can put that off right now and put on the new man and not have to ever pick up another drink again. You can be involved in a multiple scheme of different sinful acts, amen, sinful acts, amen. Just like it said in verse 22, deceitful lust you could be battling with all this deceiving lustful feelings and emotions and desires but if you put those things off you will not do them come on somebody hallelujah we can close and end right there if we wanted to come on and he says amen in verse 24 that you put on the new man which was created according to god in the true righteousness and holiness oh that's a lot of stuff man that's a lot of reading and and hopefully we can get through the rest of this. Amen. That's a lot of reading for you and I. Amen. See, we're living in a time, amen, and this is, how it, this is how it rolls into us as a church. We're living in a time that we can join just about anything and everything that we ever desire without having to change anything. We can join everything and anything without having to change anything. Amen. And in other words, amen, uh, because we don't have to make commitments today. Uh, a lot of places, amen, like say, you know, we're already getting into the month of uh, April and many people join gyms, amen, in the beginning of the year. And now, uh, you know, by this time and maybe a couple of months, they're no longer going and they're paying every month and they're committed for one year contract, sometimes two year contracts. And now they're stuck with that payment. 
now, now there is a common uh, understanding that when you go to a gym, there's no contract. You can pay month to month. Come on, somebody. I remember when I, uh, when we in our in our church parking lot, amen. In the next adjacent building, we got our first uh, Zumba class that uh, or, or company that was coming in. And my wife, being from uh, Mexicales, fluent in Spanish, she would always make friends with the ladies. And so she's over there talking, and she comes back and she tells me that they they were paying like a dollar, a dollar a lesson or something, or a dollar an hour or something like that. And and so. What do you mean a dollar? You mean you don't have a contract? You don't pay a monthly fee? No. If you come, you pay. If you don't come, you don't pay. Come on, somebody. We live in a society that's like that. We want so much, but not want to give anything for it. Amen. And especially having to make any serious commitments. Amen. When you look at your Instagrams or you look at your social media or the advertisements or even like my, my, my email, there are so many things that are flooded daily for us to join this or join that. Uh, 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 that is uh, across the, the the world, amen. Different groups, different uh, 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 paid programs, and so forth. Especially in and now we got Netflix and Hulu and Disney and all this other stuff, amen. That is out there. The qualifications are usually stated something like this: nothing down, no minimum purchase required. You 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 can uh, you can't be turned down. Uh, no payments until next year. You don't have to do anything now. Amen. Just like the gym, uh, when, when Planet Fitness came out, it was like, you know, I don't remember, $19.99 for uh, multiple gym memberships. You could bring one guest. Amen. No commitment. No down payment. Just pay your first month and start using the gym. And then you go in the gym and then there's uh, no judgment zone. Because I mean, we don't want judgment, right? The fact of the matter is, I mean, uh, some of the youth, amen, as I was been sharing, amen, they're trying to get into football and sports and everything else. And, and, and the reality is, amen, sometimes you can offend people because you're trying, you know, you're trying to hold them accountable to their desires, right? But then you are judging them, right? Oh, why are you calling me fat? Or why are you calling me lazy? Why are you calling me out of shape? And so forth and so on. And so Planet Fitness came out with this, you know, this slogan, amen, no judgment zone. So I'm going to go there and I'm not going to be judged. I'm not going to be judged that I'm weak. I'm not going to be judged that Obviously, it looks like I've been eating double cheeseburgers and McDoubles and everything else, but I'm trying to hit the gym at late at night. Come on, somebody. Obviously, there's more intake than there is outtake. Come on. <laughs> there's more put on. Amen. Uh, 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 there's less put off and there's more put on. Come on, somebody. Uh, and so when we think about this, in other words, all you have to do to qualify in some of these things today is just be living and breathing and, of course, have money. Amen. See, when we assure, amen, uh, one another, amen, when we come together, that God's kingdom is different than this exampleship. It's different. God's kingdom is not like that. God's kingdom won't say uh, nothing down, uh, no minimum uh, purchase required. You can't be turned down. Uh, uh, no payments until next year. You don't have to do anything now. And especially like Planet Fitness, no judgment zone. See, we want to be able to live free in this world without those that accountability, without that uh, oversight, uh, oversight, and uh, in, and in, in, uh, in each and every one of us, Amen. And so, when we do that, Amen, we must be careful and we must understand, Amen, that there's so much more for you and I uh, to have and to do. Can you say Amen to that? 
And so in other words, amen, uh, when we think about God's kingdom, it is totally different because God expects big changes and he requires uh, those changes, amen? And in requiring those changes, it, it, is, it, it is well, well understood. While it only requires faith and confession, while it only requires faith and confession to find a new life in Christ Jesus, it requires a change, a changed perspective and behavior once we have come to Christ. Okay? Although it only requires faith and confession free to find a new life in Christ, it does require a changed perspective and behavior once we have come. That's why we get in verses 22 and verses 23 of chapter 4, put off the old self and then put on the new self. Amen. See, the biggest hindrance for non-believers around you and I, and I want you to catch this because this is the power of the church, a new man. See, the world is looking at who you and I are. And why find a desire uh, to listen to your message or, or to listen to your witness when all they see is words without change, words without action? Let me, let me just explain this to you. Because, see, the biggest hindrance uh, for our, uh, unbelievers uh, to accept the authenticity of Christianity is no, normally not doctrinal. It's not the word of God. They don't have a problem with the word. They don't have a problem with the scripture or, 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 or the theological foundation that God created. Amen. And, and, and Jesus died on the cross and, and then gave you and I a, a promise of the Holy Spirit to lead us and to counsel us. Amen. But what it often is lacking of, amen, and what hinders, amen, non-believers or unbelievers to accepting, amen, is often the lack of finding truly transformed believers whose lives, amen, whose lives, who individual lives and, and the corporate body of the life of the church, amen, uh, that, that, that truly, amen, uh, they are able to find transformed believers, that they cannot find true transformed believers whose lives give witness to the power of change that the Holy Spirit makes in you and I. The name Christian should match the reality. Come on, somebody. Match the reality. Amen. Being new is not an option when we come to Christ Jesus. Amen. Everything changes. All things become new when you come to know Jesus Christ. Now, it's, now there are times where we just don't allow that newness. We keep on the old man and we do not put on the new man. And we, we have these slogans like no judgment zone. It takes time. No judgment zone. I'm a work in progress. Uh, no judgment zone. Amen. Uh, baby steps. Uh, amen. No judgment zone. Amen. Like planet fitness. Amen. Uh, step by step and baby steps. Imagine if your life depended on that radical change. And it does. But just imagine if it does. Because sometimes we don't come to the reality of that. It doesn't matter because, you know, to come to know Jesus Christ, we must be saved in order to inherit e e eternal life or to enter the kingdom of God. But imagine if that was the role or the, or, or, or the need of responsive a change in our lives, then we would know that we have to make effort to, to see the outcome of a 
saved life in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I gave my life to the Lord, man, I experienced an overwhelming desire of change in me. I felt, I experienced, I was going through this, this uh, uh, overwhelming unction within my soul and my heart that something was going to happen. Something was new. Amen. I had been abused. Amen. I was on a, a youth retreat. Amen. And when I got saved, my God, anger left me. Amen. And the freedom of hope and peace, amen, overshadowed me. Amen. And I felt a, a sense of a, of a weight and baggage, a darkness, amen, being lifted off of me. Come on, somebody. See, because when we think about this, amen, uh, being new is not an option. When we come to Christ, everything changes. All things become new. And it must show the world. It must be, it must show to the world and to the church and to our families and our friends. Some of us have been uh, walking, amen, in the statements of our faith, but we have not changed. We have not changed. I, I can tell you this. I've been judged, amen, when people say, well, you're not changed. You, you know, you're not even talking to me. Or, you, you know, you're, you're, how can you be a Christian? Amen. You, you know, you don't even communicate with me. Uh, how you call yourself a man of God, amen, when you don't respond? And I, I sit back and, and I say, well, in the evidence of my non-response has actually showed that I've changed. Now, they... Stop listening to that, so I stop responding. Why? I want you to think about this. Because it is in my nature, my nature, me as an individual, me as Pastor Ray, or me as, as known in my family as Little Ray, um, I'm going to argue. And I'm not going to let you, amen, one-sidedly pull to your favor and disregard my position Amen. Of respect. Amen. And so therefore, when somebody texts me, uh, when it has to do with somebody, somebody that's close to me, somebody that's family, and they say, well, you're not talking to me. Exactly. I've changed because normally I wouldn't be that person. Normally I'd pick up the phone and I would talk with you and I would argue back with your point. You want to say this and that? No, that's not true. And this is what needs to take place. And I would argue back. Now I've changed. Why? Because I no longer argue. And when I'm attacked verbally, I no longer respond. And therefore, I get the text messages. I get the responses. How dare you? How dare you? How dare? And I, I'm sorry. You're only proving the fact that I'm changed. Why? Because I'm not going to argue. See, people want to say, no, you need to call me so that I can go off on you and I can yell at you and I can argue with you. But your change is that you don't have to talk back and you don't say nothing. No, listen. As a man of God, I don't even incorporate myself with that ungodly behavior. And I'll tell you this, the majority of the people that do text me and tell me that, they're claimed to be Christians. And they claim to be walking with the Lord. And I learned to be silent because I am walking with the Lord. And therefore, I have nothing to respond to and I have nothing to say because there's no argument. Sometimes in the lack of response is actually a form of respect. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I was raised by my mom and my dad. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Come on. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all. And so I'm getting uh, these text messages and sometimes these attacks that I'm not saying nothing. Exactly. Because I've got nothing nice to say. I'm changed. Come on, somebody. Because normally I get my foot in my mouth and I get drawn in. Amen. Like the spirit of Leviathan, like, like Job. Amen. I get drawn into their, into their argument and into their, uh, their arena. And then next thing you know it, man, I'm got. I'm, I'm done. They got me. I blew it. Man. How did I? And I would tell my wife. 
How did I do this again? Just when I said I was going to shut up and keep my mouth sealed, amen, now I'm there, and now they're offended, and now they're angry at me because, yeah, they're right. I should have just been silent. So it should show your family and friends. It should show the world, and it should show the church. Anybody that knows me, especially in the military, and everybody, I mean, I'll be the first one to stand up and say, you're wrong, man, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this. So I know that it must be shown to one another, amen. Why? Because when it shows to our family, the Bible teaches that Christ, in Christ, we become new creations. This means the church is a new creation. Also, and there is nothing in this world like the church or the Christian, and the world must see revolutionary lives, lives transformed by the, by the power of God, by the power of God. See, because in verses 1 through 6 in Ephesians chapter 4, amen, we see the new reality, the new reality. In that new reality, amen, uh, point number uh, A is this, that we're passionate. I always say this. My son doesn't like to hear me preach and, and speak because uh, many times, amen, he thinks I'm getting angry, but I'm just being passionate about what I believe. See, ultimately, in verses 1 through 3 in Ephesians chapter 4, as we read, ultimately, it is not so much our beliefs that teach the world about Christianity as much as it is our behavior. It is our behavior. And this mirrors Paul's comments about being the actual letters read by everybody around us. Amen. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through verses 3. Amen. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified Bible. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It says this in the Amplified. Uh, are we starting to commend ourselves again? We're, we're trying to look at ourselves and build ourselves up again? Or do we need, like some false teachers, letters of recommendation from you or re letters of recommendation to you or letter of recommendations from you? No. Verse 2, you are our letter of recommendation written in our hearts, recognized and read by others. Verse 3, you show that you are a letter from Christ Delivered by us, written not by uh, by the hands of ink and the hands of man, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. Paul the, Paul the apostle understood this, amen, that by our action, people are reading the literally the word of God, amen, because as you're reading it, it's transforming you. As I'm reading it, it's changing me. And in that, amen, they're experiencing, amen. And there's times, amen, people will attack you because you're living peacefully. People are attacking you because you're living holy. Uh, people are, are, are attacking you because you're living with self-control and discipline, amen. I don't know how many times people say, oh, why, you know, there's nothing wrong with you drinking and, and or having a glass of wine. Amen. You do you, boo. I'll do me. This is my conviction. This is my, this is my desire to put off the old and, and put on new. That's not what I would be. I used to be the drinker. I used to be the toker. I used to be the party guy. But when I got saved and I put on Christ, or I experienced Christ, uh, his love being sh uh, showered over me, I put off that old former way. And I begin to put on that new former or that new man or that new way of life. Amen. And that's who I am today. I don't want, amen, to have any evidence or any actions or behaviors 
of the old man in me. And I could tell you this, amen. I could tell you this up until, you know, and this is where my wife, amen, was just so gifted. And I thank God, amen, for 2017, because when I when I made a trip, amen, uh, to Florida, amen, I found myself, amen, so easily, so easily drawn back into that adolescent moment you know i'm sitting there having conversations with my mom and and, and family and and i and that happens here in, in california amen and then all of a sudden i'm being drawn into uh, these statements or these arguments and then i'm judged and they're right well you don't have to act like that you don't have to yell at me or you don't have to disagree and i'm like my god see what happens amen the former way comes out because i'm getting angry i'm getting offended Amen. I'm being drawn back into my past and so forth and so on. So what happens? For because of the salvation, because I put off that old man, I begin to learn to stay silent, to not respond to foolishness, to not respond to attacks, to not respond to, to verbal picking or, 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 or uh, poking. Amen. Come on, somebody. We must understand that people are reading us. I'm happy. I'm at peace. And sometimes that peace means that, that you that you uh, eliminate, amen, the ungodliness or the things that draw you in. Amen. I'd rather go through life without one arm if it causes me to sin. Come on, somebody. And enter heaven armless than to enter hell with both my arms. Come on, somebody. And whether that means people in my life or, or, or family in my life, amen, that keep drawing me into those places, amen, I'd rather enter the kingdom of heaven, amen, uh, missing out on some of the, 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 the simple things, amen, than enter heaven, having have enjoyed all those deceitful lusts and enjoyments that were temporary here on this earth. Am I speaking to somebody? Come on. We are the letters read by everyone. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse two. I'm getting ready to close here. We don't have a lot of time, amen. I try to keep this down to an hour. Paul is quite clear about his passion for living correctly before God and this world. And I want you to understand it in that order. Correctly before God and correctly before this world. You can't get it right with God. You're not going to get it right with the world. Come on, somebody. And so that's the passion, amen. I want to live correctly with God. And with God, amen, I obey him. And I want to follow him. And I want to do as he leads me to do, amen. And he says, I urge you, I urge you. And that's that, 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 that calling, that push, that tug, that Paul's trying to get to you and I to live accordingly, amen? It is no mere suggestion. Paul, uh, Paul's point is simple. If you belong to Christ, your behavior also belongs to Christ. And we are called, amen, to live a life worthy of the calling of salvation worthy of the calling of salvation we are to live a life worthy of that calling that we have received in christ jesus too often people claim to be believers uh talk amen uh, claim to be believers talk as if god is real but act like if he's not amen too often people who claim to be believers Talk as if God's real. Oh, God's awesome. If God does this, but they live and act as though he's not. See, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, peace, unity are the norm for Christian living, not the exception. 
And you have to be careful with that, amen, because that's the church. And Paul, amen, understood this because Jesus' own example, if with his own family trying to pull him out of the temple, amen, to distract him. And he said, when they came, they said, hey, hey, hey Jesus, your, your mother and your brothers and sisters, they're outside looking in. And, and Jesus, man, he knew. He said, man, if they were my family, why aren't they inside the house of God? He says, my mother, my father, who's my mother and my father? Those who do the will of the father are my mother, my father, my brothers and my sisters. And what did he mean by that? He didn't mean that biologically or relational ship, amen, or, 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 or with interaction that they're not their family. But he was beginning to share, amen, for you and I, that we have uh, all these circles of friends and, and social circles, amen. But when we put on Christ, when we put on Jesus Christ, our testimony and our actions are going to be the outcome of that circle. Now, I want you to understand this, amen. Because either we're living to please one another or we're living to please God because of the salvation that you and I have put on. Amen. And that's a hardship. That's a hard thing to deal with. But I could tell you this. When I first started off as a Bible study leader and first started off, amen, preaching the gospel as a, in our own church, amen, there was a lot of things I missed out on. There was a lot of things, amen. My wife, amen, would always be attacked amen and always be pressured from one corner to the next amen from her her side of the family from her mother amen my mother-in-law amen you need to do this you need to leave the church you need to go and, and buy a house you need to move here see and the, the world wants that see we, we, we don't move where we want and we don't move where we want to afford amen we don't have to move where our job tells us we move where god tells us come on somebody i remember when we bought our first house my wife, amen, and I, we went back and forth. But my mom, but my mom, but my mom, but my mom. And I said, I know, but your mom. Mom's got a butter, excuse me, sorry. Your mom's got to butt herself out. Come on, somebody. The reality is, amen, but my mom, I know, but your mom. But the reality is your mom, amen, is not who you and I have been called. And we must walk according, worthy of the calling that God has given you. He's given us a church. He's given us a calling. He said unto himself, he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, amen, uh, pastors and teachers. And we're in that fivefold ministry. And no, we do not have the luxury of the world to live, amen, and there's deceitful lust, amen. Yes, the, the properties were a, a little bit bigger and a lot more cheaper, amen, to live up in the mountains or into high desert, amen. Yes, it was. I understood that. But the reality is, is that we were called by God, and, and at that moment, it was like, well, you guys can't afford anything down the hill. Maybe you're right, but if God called us here, then God has a different understanding. God has a different plan. And so I sat down as a husband and, 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 and watered my wife with the word. And I began to lead her through that. And I said, listen, you have all these things that are being uh, told to you and spoken to you. Your, 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 your siblings are being used as reference. Look at this sibling. You know, they bought and built this house. And, and now they're, well, they bought this house. Now they're building that house. Uh, and now, oh, look at the husband. Oh, he's, you know, promoting up in, in, in the workforce and all these other things. And now they're moving here and they're going to move there and they're going here. But let me tell you something. That wasn't our calling. That wasn't our calling. And the reality is, amen, we have been a financer, amen, a steward, amen, in the sowing into God's kingdom, you know, well over 50% of our income. And other people around us didn't understand that. 
I could tell you today as a retired uh, retired, amen, for the last seven years, going on eight years, amen, as a special needs parent, amen, and now a sole survivor, amen, of my wife as a widow, amen, caring for my disabled son, I can tell you this, amen, uh, I've been on the right track with God because he's taken care of me, amen, I've gotten 110% of my income back, come on, somebody, and I've been caring for my family, hello, because that's what we were called to, and I want you to understand, amen, when my wife almost broke 100000 I broke $100,000 a year. But we sold 50% of that income into the ministry and into the kingdom. And today, God has been faithful to see us through. Can I get a witness? Come on, somebody. Cast your bread upon the water. And after many days, it will come back to you. Come on. I'm not preaching prosperity. I'm preaching stewardship and faithfulness and commitment. Come on, somebody. And so long story short, amen, we're there. And we bought a house right across the street from the church. In an area that we should not have been able to afford, an area that we should not have been able to qualify, an area, amen, that we should not have been able to, to go through, amen. But I want you to understand this, amen. We were living for the kingdom as we are still today. My wife is in the kingdom, but we're still living for the kingdom. Can I get an amen? And so what happened is I broke it down. I said, look, we're going to save thousands and thousands of dollars, amen, on the overall price, amen. And our mortgages may only be about a, maybe say $500 to $1,000 cheaper. But by the time I broke it down to the time of travel, to, to we're, like, we're working down here, amen, because that's where our income and that's where our careers were, and that's where our church was, and we have to live up there. By the time we spent three, four hours in commute one way and, and a couple of hours back another way the next morning, and the fuel costs, the car payments, the maintenance costs, the fatigue and the wear and the stress on a family, only God knew that we were going to have a special needs kid that our son was going to be uh, inflicted with autism and my daughter inflicted with Asperger. Amen. Only God knew that our first son, Matthew, would pass away through childbearing. Amen. Uh, I want you to understand something. When you trust God, it transforms your life. Today, I can tell you, I can tell you the power of God's transformation in my life. Amen. Because we bought a cross street and God moved so mightily. Amen. That we bought a house. Amen. That we probably thought we could not afford. Amen. We bought it like $200,000 below market already to move in. Come on. Don't tell me that my God is not real or not faithful. Amen. Because no matter our position, we need to be sensitive to one another to reflect the very character of Christ. But even to be careful about using truth to hurt one another. Amen. And so with that, we speak. Amen. That we know God is real and we must act it out as though he is real. Come on. And so we think about this, amen. Notice that while God is in, is, is the one that grants peace and unity, we are the ones responsible for keeping it. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. We have responsibilities for fleshing out God's graces onto other people. We must be responsible and have that responsibility as the priority in our lives. I want to give you grace. I want to give you grace. It is not an automatic thing or forced on us by God. It's something that we must take up as our own responsibility. While we must be passionate about God's grace upon our own lives, not just to the principle, but also to the practice as we pour it out onto others and others' lives. Amen. Paul, amen, made it a priority in verses four through six in Ephesians chapter four. Amen. And I'm going to close with this. Amen. Paul now strongly developed the theme of oneness for the church. Diversity in unity. 
diversity and unity. The church cannot afford to divide itself. At stake is the witness of the gospel, which has the power to make us into one body, his church. Too many times we're being disunified, amen, by, by, by the things that we do not agree with or the things that we decide to do on our own. But if we keep to the word of God and we check ourselves and we regulate ourselves in the word of God, in other words, not just talk like God is real, but act like God is real, even in our churches and in the way that we do the ministry of God, the grace ministry of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Unity cannot be achieved by casualness and commitment. The church can't afford casual relationships characterized by lack of commitment. Commitment. It is not enough to just simply uh, uh, park yourself in a church body. You, you and I must participate in its life and its commitments. Its life and its commitments. Now, I want you to understand this, amen. The church doesn't need hitchhikers. It needs family members. See, a church attendance, this is like a, a, an illustration uh, written out of Christianity Today, volume 36, number six, uh, by Kent Hughes in discipline, uh, the disciplines of, of a godly man. He wrote this, amen. Church attendance is affected with a malice of conditional loyalty, which has produced an army of e ecclesiastical uh, uh, hitchhikers, amen. The hitchhiker's thumb says, you buy the car, you know, the hitchhiker, you buy the car, you pay for the repairs, you upkeep the vehicle and insurance, fill the car with gas, and after you've done all those things, I'll ride with you for free, hitchhiking for a ride. But if you have an accident, I'm out of here. And you're on your own. And basically what the accident ends, I'll probably sue and get something out of that for nothing. So it is with the credo of so many of today's church attenders. You go to meetings. You serve on the board and committees. You grapple with the issues of the church. Amen. And you do the work of the church, uh, uh, like cleaning and taking care of and maintenance and everything else. And you ensure that the bills of the church are paid. And then I'll come along for the ride. But if things do not suit me, I'll complain and I'll probably bail out. My thumb is always out for a better ride. We don't need hitchhikers in the kingdom. That's not the body. The body of the church, amen, and the, and the temple of the church, which brings forth the mystery of the church that, that the outside world does not understand, it brings us to the new man, the church as a new man, amen. In the church, one is not the loneliest number. It is the number of God's unity and power. So great is the call to be unified, amen, and united that it is a mandated above all personal rights. And it's more important to be right with each other than simply to be right on an issue. And that was always my downfall. I always wanted to be right on the issue. And I was always drawn into that. Amen. I wanted to be right with each other, but it always came about in the issue. And as soon as I got drawn into the issue, amen, I would get left there and left hanging. Amen. Everybody would jump back and go, see, there you go again. You're always arguing about the issue. And I have to learn the hard way to learn to just be in silence and be right with each other by being peace with each other 
whether they like the way it comes, but just be at peace. I'm at peace because I'm not arguing. It's only one side now arguing with me. Come on, somebody. And that's hard to do because uh, uh, you, 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 you're like a dartboard and those darts keep coming. Amen. And it's more important, amen, that a mutual relationship is greater than personal rights. This was demonstrated by Christ himself on the cross of Calvary. He died, though he had done nothing wrong, because he wanted a relationship with us. He was willing to give up his rights to reunite us with God. Amen. And that's a lot of times where it's hard to navigate through. Amen. <clears throat> I want, amen. Uh, to have a relationship, amen, and so I'm willing to give up, amen, what is my right, amen, and many times to either defend myself or to respond for myself, but I'd rather have a relationship. I find it far more easier, amen, if somebody else comes and says, hey, man, you know what, I should have been like that, I, I got out of hand, but, but then for them to having to forgive me and me having to offend them, so I've learned now because of the power of God to be a different new man in Christ Jesus. Was that I've learned to be silent. And sometimes that's hard for people around me to understand the new me. Come on, somebody. This was demonstrated by Christ himself on the cross. In a culture that has elevated my rights above everything else, this will be a challenge for uh, us as believers, but it still must be done. We are different from the world. We are new creations, and we must die to the old ways. And God puts a premium on unity, and so should we. We find that, amen, in our scriptures, amen, as we read through chapter 4 of Ephesians, verses 4 through verses 5. New responsibilities, amen, and I share this with you, amen, as our closing. It's a perspective, amen, that we found in verses 7 through verses 13 in Ephesians chapter 4. Unity doesn't mean that we all do the same thing. It's just that we love the same way. In other words, amen, it doesn't matter that we're doing all the same thing. And many times, some of the things that you might find yourself being in tug of wars and arguments is that people are trying to get you to do the things that the way that they want to. Amen. I'm telling you this. This, this had been a, a landmark in all of my marriage, amen, for 24 years. One side of the family wanting to get us to move up to Barstow. The other side of my family trying to get me to move to Florida. I mean, it's, it's the same old thing. People want you to do what they're doing because they feel that what they're doing is the right thing. But the, here's the answer. I only understand one thing, that doing the right thing is to serve the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about a hitchhiker, an ecclesia, an ecclesia amen, hitchhiker, amen, who just comes in when everybody else is doing the work of the ministry, while everybody else is attending to the, to, to, the, to the ministry of God and to the kingdom of God, and I just come in and determine whether I like what they're doing if I don't like what they're doing, and then complain about everything that I don't like and everything that they do do, and then just hitchhiking again and dumping the place and moving on. That's why it's always been the pinnacle of my, my statements of, of life. I've come into this fellowship of Praise Chapel as a marriage, and I don't believe in divorce. I came into this calling of the fivefold ministry like a marriage, and I do not believe in divorce. And so I'm not going to leave those things. Now, if I was in sin and I had to decide, amen, I was following the wrong thing, then that's not a, a divorce, amen, that's repentance. 
but God brought me here, amen, and he launched us out after three years. Within our first year, amen, we were already in ministry because we had already been groomed and, and, and discipled and already been active in another church, amen, that we experienced a church hurt, amen, and so we come into Praise Chapel within one year, amen, we're already doing ministry, we're youth pastors, amen, and in our third year, we're shepherding our own congregation, and I came into this when my wife said, yes, when my pastor asked, are you ready? Because she said, yes, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do whatever God wants me. And I'm ready to stand by my husband for whatever God's called him to do. And we found that as an intimacy, as we'll get ready as next service, amen, on Sunday to talk about the church as the bride. And so as we came into the calling, we looked at it as a marriage and we were not going to go down neglecting that. Now, it doesn't mean that we've not had problems. And that we've had, uh, we, we have not experienced a, a defeat a, or, or setbacks, amen, devastations and attacks, amen, warfare and tribulation, discouragements, uh, even wandering moments in our minds, whether we were called here to die, just like John the Baptist, amen, in the prison where he stood up against, amen, uh, 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 the king there and, and the adultery and the fornication that was going on. And it caused him to be beheaded. He calls and he sends his disciples to Jesus Christ and he tells them, you tell Jesus, you ask him, is he the one or do I look for another? You know, John the Baptist thought he was going to be rescued from his destiny. Hello, somebody. Jesus sends those disciples back and he tells them, you share with him everything that you witnessed right now. Come on, somebody. That's the church. He sent them and went with the complaint. They came back with a testimony. Can you say amen? Uh, he was in devastation and despair, wondering, man, have I been left here to die and rot? Uh, but he came back to be encouraged to stand there the next morning and take his persecution, to take his crucifixion. And he was beheaded, amen, for the destiny that he had been called and predestined to do, to pave the way of the risen Lord. He was the cousin to Jesus. He was about six months older than him. And he went into the wilderness crying out, amen, depart or repent, amen, for the kingdom of God is at. When he fulfilled all those things, and even John the Baptist himself told his disciples, you must go to him. Leave me and go to him. He is the one that we are talking about, amen. He fulfilled his destiny and Jesus did not save him from that destiny. When we lose someone, they've received their destiny into eternity. My wife received her crown of glory. And today I am fulfilling the same destiny that God has had for me. No, I have not moved to Florida. Oh, no, I'm not moving to Barstow. Come on, somebody. But I'm still here doing the work of God because the church is a new man. Even when God called my wife, there was a new man upon the new man that needed to come out as a new man. Can I get a witness? Because the power in disunity, especially in the church, is devastating. Amen. But the church will never accomplish the task of ministry if we do not work together in unity. No one should elevate himself or herself above anyone else. We are in this together for mutual benefit and growth. That's what I teach to my church all the time. That's what I teach to you, church, all the time. Diversity, however, is not meant to divide us, but to unite us. Come on, somebody. When we think about that, amen, I'm going to close with that. Let us not be divided, but let us be united, amen, for the greater cause of the church. We can only, the church is Filled with new people, new men, new women of God. Not because you went into a store and bought something new, no, but because Jesus Christ saved you 
And the way you live your life is a new creation, a new way of thinking, a new mindset, a new conduct, a new behavior, a new choice, a new desire, and a new passion, and a new responsibility, a renewed responsibility that I'm not here for you to give to me, but God, you gave me everything and anything I could ever possibly ever want. Now I'm going to live for you. Can you say amen? And with that, amen, I want you to tell you something. We have never lost anything. When my wife was here, amen, and even raising our kids, when we lived on a full-time RVing, people would call us and tell us they felt sorry for us, amen. They would say, oh my God, I feel bad for you. Why are you feeling bad when we're living the dream, when we're living the life, amen, that God's called us? Can you say amen? Amen. Uh, there were times, amen, that my mom would call me and say, I am really praying for you, son, that you can be like your other siblings, have new cars, uh, have, you know, uh, newer cars, and, and, and even a brand new car. And I said, stop praying for me. You're praying for me to be in debt. Uh, you're praying for me to have car payments. And I told my mom, I said, I've been, go I've been going eight and a half years without a car payment. Oh, it needs to be kicked once in a while. It needs to be tuned every so often. And sometimes it takes a little bit of duct tape to get it from one paycheck to the next uh, until we fix it. But oh my God, God has never left us stranded. Can you say amen? There was a time, amen, that my family, a family of four, my wife, myself, my son, my daughter went without a car for almost a whole year. Amen. And then eventually my uncle, my Phil Freddie lent us a truck uh, and we meant my God, there was so much done in that truck. Amen. It, it would be, you know, sometimes my daughter was growing up at that time. It would be me, me driving my son in the middle, my wife sitting shotgun. Amen. And yes, brother Bob Bohorkis in the back. Amen. Under a tarp tucked in between the instruments, uh, the guitars, the saxophone, and other things, amen, and we would throw a camouflage tarp over him, amen, and we would drive him and give him a ride home uh, uh, to, to, to Pomona, amen, and then my daughter, you know, trying to be older, she would jump on the bus, uh, and, and, and she would get home to San Dimas, amen, and we would leave her there, amen, as she was becoming a teenager, amen, and, and, and we would take, uh, I would drop my family off, and then Brother Bob would then jump in the front, and then I would take him and drop him off. There were so many things we did. We weren't left. We weren't abandoned. Amen. We were living the dream. We were living the goal and the passion of what God did. So don't let your setbacks, amen, be discouraging. No, if you are on the course of God's plan, then you are unified for his kingdom. The church must be a new man. The church must be a new woman. And we must not just speak like God is real. We must live our actions and our activities of our life as if God is real. Come on. No ecclesiastical uh, hitchhikers. Amen. No, we don't want God to pay for the car, the insurance and all that stuff. And we just go on for the free ride. No, we have a responsibility. Ephesians chapter 7, uh, chapter 4, verses 7 through 12 and 12 on to 23 and 22. Amen. We see that there is a responsiveness for you and I, the fivefold ministry for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. God bless you. And we pray tonight that you receive from this fourth part of this series in Jesus name.